Welcome back to the D3 Golf Guys podcast. All right, we've got it. Selection show is done. We've got all the teams and individuals announced for both the men's and women's national championships. And we're going to get into it and break it down tonight. But first, a quick note from our friends at Pin Golf. Okay, gang. The guys at Pin Golf have created one of the best rangefinders on the market. I use it all the time. It's great because it's USB chargeable. I can keep a USB thing in in my bag, plug it into the cart. If I don't have to run back to the pro shop to get a battery, it's fabulous. It's got slope on it. If you want it, if you can turn it off, it's easy to use. Even my 10-year-old can use this rangefinder. So if you're looking for a new rangefinder, hit up the link we sent out on Twitter. And use the code D3GOLFGUYS for 10% off your purchase today. You need a new rangefinder? Go to Pin Golf. Use the link. Use the code. Get yours today. All right. Now let's get into the episode. All right. So now as we're going in through the national championships, we're going to start with the women. Because there was a late change to the women's uh, numbers of who got in. And from what I can tell, two conferences did not end up getting their automatic qualifiers. Now, do I know exactly why that is? No, but I can tell you which ones I think they are. One of them is the North Coast Athletic Conference. And if you go to the website for that conference, when they announced the Denison women winning, they were waiting to see if they would get in to the national championship. So they knew the automatic qualifier wasn't coming in there um, from what I read in the article. The other one is the SLEAC, which I don't think had, and I think both issues were they didn't have enough women's teams competing in the championship or competing through for the conference. Um, so that changed the math on the women's where we had 24, two and three, it changed it to 22, two and five. Uh, so what that means is, is we got a couple extra of at-large teams in. Now, we pretty much nailed and told you exactly what was to expect as we went through the women's divisions, right? We've got all the automatic qualifiers, but we said Pool B was a slam dunk. It's Emory and Carnegie Mellon. That's exactly what happened. We also told you Pool C was the loser of Williams and Amherst and the loser of Redlands and Pomona. Well, Amherst and Pomona both won their conference, which means Williams and Redlands were in. Well, normally that would make a whole lot of problems for the next couple groups. But because we had the two additional at-larges, that has had a significant impact. So when we look at the most recent golf stat, Williams was number four, Redlands was number six. All right, that's why they're in, no problem. When you go down the next one, Wash U, who also gets in, is 10th. Now, normally that would be it. That's the only groups that we were, were talking about. But because of the two additional at-larges, we keep going. The other next group in Pool C that gets in is Claremont, Mud Scripps, McKenna, right from the women's side. The last group in is, Trex, is Trinity at Texas. They were 14th. The next at-large team... On the list was Denison at 18. So unfortunately, Denison wins the conference, but because they're 18th in the country, they do not get to go to nationals as a team. Just a crushing blow there for Denison's ladies. And I know they played great in the conference. Um, But again, 
here's the thing I, I feel good about. I like getting, I like it if the, the team out that is not making nationals is at least 18th in the country. There's a chance had some of this fallen that right, that the 13th and 14th teams in the country would not have gotten in, which is crazy. So, you know, I, th- I think this also should hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll spit my case out there that we need to increase the amount of at-large bids for the women. You know, if, if you're outside the top 10 and have to have an at-large bid and we can't get enough teams in, that, that doesn't seem to be like the best field that we can conduct. I'm not asking for a ton more. I think if you just added three or four teams from an at-large perspective, similar to what the men have from an at-large perspective, I think that would make a huge world of difference. Because if we had the five at-larges instead of, you know, or the six at-large teams instead of this, Dennis against in at 18, and I think you have a really good field. You know, I, th- I think when you look at this, we have a better field today because of the two at-larges. If those two at-larges don't get in, now Dennison gets in because if for some reason they get the AQ, but then you're telling me I'm kicking out Claremont and Trinity. You know, the, the, the 13th team and the 14th team in the country, I just don't know that that makes a ton of sense when we when we get at to trying to conduct uh, you know the best championship we can for Division Three, right? Not we're not Division One, we're not Division Two, we're Division Three. Um, <clears throat> so again, when you look at the seating, and the, and the women's teams really do the seating really really well, and men don't do the seating as much. But Emory is one, Carnegie two, Williams three, Methodist four, Redlands five, George Fox six, Center seven, Pomona eight, Amherst nine, Washington and Lee ten, Wash U eleventh, NYU twelfth. Claremont, McKenna, Harvey, Mud Scripps, 13th. Trinity, Texas, 14th. St. Catherine University, 15th. University of Mary Harden, Baylor, 16th. Carthage College, 17th. York College, 18th. Rhodes-Holman Institute of Technology, 19th. University of Wisconsin-Whitewater, 20th. St. Mary's College, Indiana, 21st. University of Dubuque, 22nd. Otterbein, 23rd. State, uh, SUNY Cortland, 24, Aurora University, 25, Westminster College, Pennsylvania, 26, Drew University, 27, University of Northwestern, St. Paul, 28th, and Marymount University out of Virginia, 29th. Um, So a great field. Congratulations to all the ladies teams that got in. Um, I'm really excited. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be there at one of your practice rounds. Um, I need somebody from from Mary Harden-Baylor to reach out to us. And uh, we'd like to come on site and, and hang out and, and come visit you guys and maybe bring some swag for you guys to pick up while you're there. Um, as we talk about the ladies, let's talk about the individuals that made it. So the number one ranked individual that made it was Sarah Shee from Oglethorpe University, who had a great conference tournament. Uh, <clears throat> she, she actually gave Riley Suter from center a pretty good run for her money. She's the number one. She's a top 10 rated player. She's the number one individual. Number two is Lexi Onsrud from Illinois Wesleyan. Number three, Emily Brubaker from University of Lynchburg. Number four, Emma Thorman from Illinois Wesleyan. So Illinois Wesleyan got two ladies in, which is really hard to do. Um, and then we've got Emma Thorm, uh, sorry, Shreya Gata, Christopher Newport. Uh, but it, it, we have something on here that says there's somebody replacing her. Lauren Sims from Christopher Newport will be replacing Shreya. 
and then Karen Alvarez from University of Texas at Dallas. So congratulations to all those individual ladies. You will be at the national championships playing as an individual and get a chance to try to go win yourself an individual national championship. So field for the women is set and let's just talk about what we should expect next week uh, in the greater Houston area. I think, again, I'm going to stick to the sort of the story I've had all year. If you told me one of the top six or seven teams wins nationals, I wouldn't be surprised. Now, you know, Williams losing to Amherst and Redlands using a Pomona might kind of signal that they're not all the way there yet. It could also just mean that Pomona and Amherst, who are eight and nine, are also really good. So now all of a sudden we have a nine-team tournament. I don't, I don't think so. I think it's going to come down to Emory and Carnegie and Methodist, as it has sort of all year. I think you'll see one of the other groups get in there. George Fox is going to be ready to go. Um, you know, they, they they had the individual winner last year. They've had really good play. So, you know, I, I think you look at that and go, okay. But if you told me center had a really great time and, and Riley Suter is, you know, leading the field by four or five shots, okay, well, that's really not that. I think once you get outside the top 10, I think that's where I kind of go, I'm not so sure you got a chance to win it all. There's just too many good teams between you and the and where, where they are. Now, we'll follow along after day one and kind of say, all right, let's take a look. Um, but... You know where we have the ability to do to to win. I think I would look at you know nine and up. I don't think I don't think your winner is coming outside of that. And I would say you could argue seven and up in my case pretty easily. Yeah. Now we'll see. Amherst and Pomona could could prove me wrong, but um, you know I think it's going to be a really good tournament. I think it's going to be one of the more hotly contested tournaments we've had on the women's team side in in a while. And I think that'll be exciting to watch. Um, I'm excited to get out to uh, the tournament and check out some things and, and come see all the ladies. I'm really hoping there's a banquet or something I can come out to and meet everybody and hang out for a little bit. Um, so if you're listening to this, you know, get 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 word to the team down there that you know the only D3 golf podcast and and follower out there is uh is dying to come out to the tournament and hang out with all the fabulous women's golfers that we have in division three all right with that let's move over to the men's side and kind of go we're going to go back into the conference tournaments and really dig in a little bit more there because a little there was a little bit more um kind of up for grabs on the men's side than there was on the women's side this year all right on the men's side Obviously, we have more at-large bids, so there's just more to do to go through the kind of the conference play and what all happened and, and who, what, when, where, how, and why. The interesting thing is we're going to kind of focus on two of the uh, conference out, outcomes that we thought we kind of told everybody, hey, here's what you should be watching for as we got into that conference play, and we pretty much nailed it. So if you remember our last podcast, we gave you two conferences to really look at. One was going to be the SAA, where we had three teams, University of the South, Suwannee at 9, Oglethorpe at 17, Barry College at 22. We said, all right, keep an eye there because we think that's a two-bid league, and we were correct. We also said that 
the, the North Coast Athletic Conference was another place to watch because we had Wittenberg, Kenyon, and Denison. And Kenyon was 20 and Denison was 21. And we had said, that's probably as far as things will get in the at-large bid. Well, it didn't disappoint. So first, let's start with the SAA, where the Oglethorpe University Stormy Petrels absolutely came out and blitzed the field to the point that the University of the South, ranked number nine, didn't even finish second. Barry finished higher. So Barry helped their case as, about as best they could, except for winning it. Um, so that really kind of pushed, okay, a number number nine back into pool C. That pushes everybody down a spot. That's what you didn't want um, if you were in the 20s, the, you know, the high 20s or, you know, wherever that 21, 22, 20, 19, 18 area was. So Oglethorpe coming out and playing great, winning the SAA pushes Swanee into the pool, into pool C. All right, well, that hurts. Then the big one was in the North Coast Athletic Conference. Wittenberg is number four in the country. They're going to nationals. Well, they don't win. Kenyon comes in and wins, which is outstanding. And the Kenyon guys have been on a heater like there's no tomorrow. And I think I saw on their Twitter, and you guys will correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the first time they've been nationals since like 1989, I think which is just a great stat and incredible uh, feat. So, and you look, Kenyon came out and won that big tournament late in the year. And it's like, holy cow. Okay. We've got another player in the NCAC and all of a sudden we get to here. So then the fact that Denison didn't win, put them right there on the, okay, who's in and who's out. So that's when we go back to our pool B and pool C and we do our start to look at our calculations. So remember, there's a lot of Pool B in, in, uh, for the men. So Emery and Babson get in in Pool B. Now, if you look at the article that we retweeted out for the men, it tells you who gets in for Pool B and who gets in for Pool C, which I like. I wish the women's side would do that as well, but we'll go through that. So Babson and Emery get in. And by the way, they put those in alphabetical order, so don't think that's in any other order. Emery and Babson get in Pool B just like we said they would. Then we said the other two Pool B teams that we know are going to get in in Pool C are Carnegie Mellon and Christopher Newport. Sure enough, they're in Pool C, no problem. Then we had the three other teams from the USA South, which was Huntington, Piedmont, and Greensboro. Again, got all of those. Then we said we think Gustavus was in because they were 18th. Sure enough, they're in. Well, now when you add Suwanee, University of the South Suwanee in from a nine seed, they're in early, pushing Gustavus down. And so if you look who the last team in the tournament at large is, is it's Gustavus at 18. And so when you look at like an Oglethorpe, who was 17th, by the way, if they go in and lose and they lose to a couple other teams and for some reason fall out and they fall behind somebody else, whether that was Denison or, 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 you know, or Barry, they're out. That's how tight it was. And that's why, you know, all of that stuff matters. But Gustavus was the last at-large team in the tournament. And unfortunately, it means that Denison's men are out at 20. One 
in the in the rankings from the last time. And Barry was 22 at the last time. Now, I, I'm going to go back and double-check the most recent one, but I don't think they changed from the last time I saw them. And yes, Dennison was 21, Barry was 22 still. So 21 and 22 do not make the at-large. 18 is the last team in from an at-large perspective. Just outstanding. I mean, and again, you know, this is where I, I, I kind of bring the argument back on the women's side, which is, you know what, if, if the 20th team in the country is not getting in, I can live with it. If the 13th team in the country is not getting in, I, I, that's where I kind of feel like, hey, we, we've got something to fix here. Um, real quick, let's go into the individuals because some great individuals that did make the tournament on the men's side. So that would be Eddie Coffrin, uh, the fifth, excuse me, from Lynchburg, Joey Harrigan from Rensselaer, Christian Rodriguez from University of uh, Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas, Jacob Mason from Trinity University in Texas, and Chase Mouse or Moss from Texas Lutheran, and Cole Janke from Wisconsin Eau Claire. Um, and look, I know I've talked to some Eau Claire people before, and, and it's just, you know, the Pool B and all that other stuff. It, it, it's just, it's hard. You got to get inside the top 15 to really feel like you're in the nationals for men. I, I would tell you every year, no matter what, if you're inside the top 15 in the country for the men, you're going to make the tournament. Uh, just because enough of those teams are going to win their conference. But, you know, on the women's side, it's the top 10 until we get that some more at-large bids. But, again, I think it's going to be a really, really good tournament on the men's side. So let's go through all all the conference winners real quick just so that we make sure we get everybody's name in here. The Allegheny Mountain Collegiate Conference, Penn State Alatoona, congratulations. American Rivers Luther College gets in. Uh, Mary Harden Baylor won the American Southwest. Uh, Cabrini won the American East. Uh, Franklin and Marshall won the Centennial. Um, the CCIW was Illinois Wesleyan. Um, the Commonwealth Coast Conference, Endicott won. The Empire 8, St. John's Fisher. Uh, Great Northeast Athletic Conference, St. Joseph's, Maine. Congratulations. That's a team I haven't seen before. Uh, Transy, again, wins the Heartland. Um, congratulations to that those guys. that They play great. They've won, I don't know, like 18 or so of the last, I don't know, 20-plus um, uh, Drew University won the Landmark Cup Conference. NYU wins the Liberty League. Um, Salem State gets in out of the Massachusetts State Collegiate Conference. Uh, the Michigan Intercollegiate Hope will be representing. Stevenson wins the Mid-Atlantic Conference. The Middle Atlantic Conference Freedom is Stevens Institute of Technology. Uh, Minnesota, St. John's, Minnesota won earlier in the fall, so we knew that. New England Small College Athletic Conference was Hamilton. Uh, the North Atlantic Conference was uh, Houston. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that. Hassan, Houston. It's one of those. Somebody correct me. Uh, Kenyon wins the the, the, the NCAC. Uh, here's a great story. The Northern Athletics Com- Collegiate Conference was Aurora. I got the chance to meet the Aurora guys. They were so excited. They've been paying attention. They're like, we were listening to the podcast. Super happy that they got in. Congratulations to the gang from, from Aurora. Can't wait to watch you guys uh, play at Nationals. Um, Northwest Conference will have met. Again, we kind of knew that one. The OAC, John Carroll with a big win. Um, a very nice win by John Carroll. I know that they were all really excited about that, so they will get to go down to the Mission Inn. 
uh, in the ODAC, Hampton Sydney got on top of uh, Washington and Lee. That was a very big one, um, especially since Hampton City was 19th in the country. So think about that. If uh, if Washington and Lee doesn't get in, it, Hampton City probably still gets in. But again, it's it's that razor thin margin. Uh, President's Athletic Conference was Westminster from Pennsylvania. The Skyline Conference was Farmingdale State. The SAA was Oglethorpe. Uh, oh, Southern California Conference was Claremont Mud Scripps, which was a really nice uh, a nice win by them. SLEAC uh, was, again, Webster, uh, who has the individual um, winner from last year, Mr. Hawker. Uh, let, let's just say this on the podcast. You don't need to do the blue mustache again. It was not the best look, so please, no blue mustache this year. Just, just go play golf. <laughs> uh, but congratulations to the gang at Webster. Uh, the United East Conference was Rosemont. The Upper Midwest Athletic Conference was Bethany, Luth- Bethany Lutheran. And the USA South champion was the Methodist Boys, who absolutely dominated that conference tournament and put on a show of like 20-plus under, which is outstanding. All right, so let's look at sort of who we think on the men's side should kind of be in the favored pool. When I look at this, I, I look at this and go, okay, you know, Methodist and Emory have kind of proven it all year. Carnegie's really good. Christopher Newport is good. Huntington, good. You know, University of the South was playing great, and then they get blitzed in the conference tournament. All right. Um, you know, when we went down for the preview, Emory and Methodist went head-to-head. Now, Babson wasn't at the preview, so they're going to get a good dose of mission in up front. I think that will hurt as long as, as well as them being a little bit more of a northern school. Carnegie's been doing some traveling. They've been playing. They saw it in the, in the, in the fall. I think that'll help them. Greensboro was there in the fall. That'll help. Um, I just don't know if they're ready for nationals just yet. Um, you know, I, I think when you look at some of the other places here, you know, would it, would it be surprising if Kenyon got in the top 10? No, they're, they're red hot. I mean, I, and there's something to, you know, having some Uncle Mo as you get into that. You know, Illinois Wesleyan, they, they've won the last two, guys. They're still really good. Um, I, you know, I, I just look at it and kind of go, you know, Mary Harden Baylor's playing great. Um, I think, though, the, the it's going to be a big advantage for the teams who played Mission Inn in the preview in the fall. And I look at that and say, Emory and Methodist, I think, have an advantage over everybody. Um, you know, I, I would have said, Witt, I would have tossed Wittenberg in there. Um, but, you know, it, it not them not doing great at conference is a little bit disappointing. I, you know, I, I think, you know, sometimes that could be a blessing where you get the bad rounds out and then you're kind of get the chance to refocus in the week between conference and nationals and you get you get to work and you start to go. Um, but you know, I, I, so I'm going to, I'm going to ride with Methodist and Emory. I think you're going to see those two kind of separate and boy, would I love to be at mission in on the last day of the final round and watch all five of those groups come in the last couple holes, because just for, for all you out there, mission in is a really, really good test of golf. And the last like four or five holes can really do some damage. And if the wind is up, it is a really, 
really hard golf course. It's a hard golf course anyway. If the wind blows, it gets really hard and can get really interesting in the last few holes because there's some funky par fives and some tough par fours coming in to where you're like, you could make birdie, you could make double, and you could probably hit the ball about the same way. So that's going to be really exciting. Um, you know, and, and, and hey, look, for all the guys who made it as an individual, you know, hey, it's your chance to go win a national championship. Um, you don't have to worry about anybody else. Just go play your own ball and go get it done. So, uh, again, we'll be watching that very, very closely. I, I, I'm super excited for Mission In for that golf course. It was a spectacular venue. Um, when we went down there in the fall, I got the chance to be on property and, and meet a lot of people and do that. I'm super excited to be at the women's tournament. I think I'm going to try to come out on Monday. Um, I'll reach out to, to my gang at Mary Harden Baylor, but if there's somebody else I need to talk to, let me know, gang. But uh, help out your uh, your friendly neighborhood D3 golf podcaster and uh, get us connected up to the people who are putting on the uh, ladies' championship in the greater Houston area. Says we would like to attend in person um, for, for part of the week. So, um, for those teams that are going to nationals, good luck, have fun. It's an incredible experience that you will never forget for those teams who didn't make nationals. Let it motivate you. It will motivate you. It'll motivate you whether you're a senior or not, you can learn from it. You'll get better, but I'm really excited to watch the tournaments. I'll have golf stat on me and up at all times. And with that, we'll say, hit them straight. Cheers.